Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I don't recall how many years I've been doing this show. Uh, however, there is one thing that is very clear. When I first started doing this show, it was hard to find interesting topics. Uh, there wasn't that much going on in the world that was interesting. And I had to really scratch and dig. Now, hey, <laughs> I, you have, I have so many topics to pick from. Everything's happening in the world today. Too many things. We've got to slow down. Um, I can easily do 50 different topics. I'll probably do six or seven tonight. I could easily do 50 uh, if I had the time. I'm a half-hour show. Uh, I can't wait till things settle down, and I'm sure you agree with me. Uh, this is too fast, our society today. Too many things happening, bad things we got to straighten out. We're never going to go back to where we were. I've, I've come to that conclusion. We're going to be something, but we're not going to be what we were yesterday. We're not going to be what we are today. The tomorrow is going to be different. It won't be bad, but it's going to be a different tomorrow, and we're going to have to learn to acclimate, to accept it. Now, tonight, we're going to go to Washington, D.C., Key West, Oslo, Norway, uh, the Florida Keys, China, Cuba and Florida. What are we going to talk about? I'm going to open with an interesting topic. What I am going to share with you now is the I got the most responses to for any show I've done here. The most responses to. And I'm, I was actually shocked when I saw how many people read on read it, commented on it. Uh, I never I didn't think it was going to be that exciting. <laughs> But I threw it in because it was a change of pace. <clears throat> and here's what it is. I, I put it in my blog. That's where I got the responses last week. I put it in my daily blog in writing. And again, the response is outstanding. So if it's that interesting to like most of the world from my perspective, I'm going to share it with you tonight. And guess what it's all about? It's about Charlie Brown, Peanuts. The whole world loves Charlie Brown, I discovered. We all like Charlie Brown, but I couldn't believe how many people actually love Charlie Brown. They love Peanuts. Uh, they lo love Snoopy. They love the blanket. All right, here's the story. Uh, last week, we celebrated the 70th birthday of the comic strip, uh, not, not Charlie Brown, it's Peanuts. You know, Peanuts wasn't always Peanuts. Uh, when Charles Schultz first did the first set of cartoons and did them for a while, this thing was called Little Folks, Little Folks, Little, not Little, Little Folks. 
And then for some reason, at some point, it got changed to Peanuts. And Peanuts is, as we know today, and Charlie Brown is our hero today. Now, you're not going to believe what I'm going to share with you. Now, I couldn't believe it. And this is probably one of the reasons why the show was so popular that I wrote about. There are 330 million people every day that read the comic strip Peanuts. They're interested in Snoopy the Blanket, and they're interested in Charlie Brown. 330 million people. It's printed every day in 22 different languages, 22 different languages, in 75 countries. In 75 countries. No wonder it's so popular, and I got the greatest... You know, come back the the blog, the blog, the comments, the emails, the telephone calls, wild. Uh, all right, now and why? Why? So I did a little digging to see what I could come up with, and here's what I came up with. Charlie Brown gets up and tries again. When he's knocked on his ass, he doesn't stay down. He doesn't complain. He just gets back up on his feet and tries again. He perseveres, okay? Uh, and so the, the world loves him because he, he won't let anything keep him down, nothing. And Snoopy, oh, my God. Uh, anyone with a pet relationship <laughs> loves Snoopy. How many people have dogs in this world? Absolutely amazing uh, and uh, just interesting. So, my friends, it was the 70th birthday of Charlie Brown and Peanuts. Hope you celebrated it. If not, celebrate it tonight when the show's over. Going to share with you now but something which is typical of America today. Does not surprise me, will not surprise you, but it's a terrible thing that occurred. Do you recall back in March? Now, coronavirus started peaking in here in January of this year. It really hit us full blast in February. We knew we had a problem. Now comes March. Remember remember the cry? We didn't have enough of anything. We didn't have enough masks. We didn't have enough gloves. We didn't have enough respirators. We didn't have anything. Okay? So something had to be done. So Congress passed a $1 billion funding for the coronavirus to get things that we didn't have enough of, like the masks, the gloves, and the respirators. Now, the money never showed up where it was supposed to. This is what is interesting and sad. Uh, Considered a a colossal uh, backdoor bailout. That's the way I titled it, colossal backdoor bailout. The Pentagon appropriated, designated $1 billion. Now, this money was raised through that program that I didn't think anybody participated in because Trump refused to impose it on anyone, the Defense Production Act, where it's like a wartime thing, and if the president tells you you're making cars but you're going to make masks for the next three months, you've got to make masks. You have no choice. Or you've got to make respirators. You make them. Well, the money, this billion dollars that was appropriated, came through and out of the Defense Production Act. And since it was Defense Production Act, 
They didn't know where to send the money, so they sent it to the Defense Department, which makes sense to me because it came through the Defense Production Act. The Defense Department should have sent it on to wherever it had to go, uh, to whatever Secretary of Home Security, whatever, uh, Health and Welfare, who would take that to buy the masks, the respirators, and the gloves. Well, it didn't. You know where this billion dollars went? Every penny of it. It went to military contractors because we owed military contractors money for where their soldiers had fought for us, for airplanes that they lost, for Humvees they lost, for everything. We owed them more than a billion dollars. And after all, we pay our debts. We don't care that we got people dying in the hospitals, in the streets, in corridors. We don't know what to do with their bodies. Even those people up front, our first responders, doctors, nurses, ambulance drivers, they needed the masks and the gloves. They were getting sick and dying. But no, this money went to the military contractors. I picked up a quote along the way on this. Uh, If you can't get a COVID test, this is what was reported later on, a few months after March. If you can't get a COVID test or find an AN95, it's because the contractors stole from the American people to make faster jets and fancy uniforms. Now, that may be a little extreme, the way to describe the fancy uniforms, but that is what was thought. thought. Now, remember, Congress approved this money in March. It went out right away, no screwing around, but it never got to where it was supposed to go. Now, where did this money go? You know who a military contractor is who got the biggest chunk of this money, my friends? Rolls-Royce. <laughs> you heard me. Rolls-Royce. Uh, because they had money coming for a lot of work they did uh, with technology. Technology. Uh, they uh, they were working on different super-duper things. And tens of million dollars, of million dollars uh, went into that. It was surveillance equipment, actually. Sur- surveillance equipment with regard to technology. I don't know specifically what the best way I can describe it. $80 million went to Kaiser Aircraft uh, parts business. They were owed money. What about the guy dying in the hospital? The people who need masks so they don't get the bug. Uh, Nobody cared. The government didn't care. I don't even know if Trump knew where the money went. I don't don't know who knew. But somebody did, and they got a whole lot. It had to be the military contractors because they know everything. They're one of the biggest lobbying groups and one of the major uh, customers of the United States government. Now, what do you think of that? (laughs) Isn't that nice? When we needed the masks and Trump was saying, oh, we got got a million masks next week, remember? And then it was a week later, we got a million masks coming. Then it was two million. Then it was four million. We never got the masks. Do you remember? Never got them. Gloves. We didn't have gloves. We didn't have test kits. Part of this money had to go for test kits. I almost forgot. And we didn't. We still don't have enough test kits, it seems. Uh, have you been tested, all of you? Uh, I went to get a test. 
I was scheduled to be tested. I was just, my doctor sent me my primary care. I got to the hospital. They didn't have any test kits. Uh, so I've never been tested. Uh, but it's a shame. It's a disgrace where this money went. Uh, and it shouldn't happen. A lot of things happen this way. What was it I talked about several months ago? And I wrote about this also at the time. Something like $2 trillion, $3 trillion in money that went for, that was authorized by Congress for uh, military assistance went to the Pentagon, the Defense Department. And three years later, like $2 trillion can't be accounted for. The government doesn't know where it went. They don't have any receipts. <laughs> so they call in Ernst & Young, a private accounting firm, one of the best in the country. These are real professionals. And after several months, they had to quit. They said, there's nothing we can do. We can't find any documentation for where this money went. It's impossible. They want to cut your Social Security, my friends. They want to, cut, they want to get rid of Obamacare. Uh, and yet they piss money away. It's the only way to describe it, the government. $3 trillion, $2 trillion, they don't know where it goes. A uh, billion dollars was for uh, coronavirus assistance. goes to Rolls-Royce and companies like that. We are a sick nation. I want to talk about Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the woman, 48 years old, I think, who is Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court of the United States. I have been writing about her almost every day. I think I talked about her on the show last week, too. I'm absolutely opposed to her being approved and to getting the seat. She will be approved, and she will get the seat, though, because the Republicans control the Senate. They control the, control the Judiciary Committee. They have the biggest numbers. And this is just a show we're going through. She will be approved. She'll be sitting before the election on the United States Supreme Court. And on the election is November 3rd. I think it's November 8th or 10th. The Supreme Court is going to hear that case on whether Obamacare should be repealed in its entirety. And she will be there. And we already know she doesn't approve. She doesn't like Obamacare. All right. She doesn't. She doesn't think it's right. Uh, why don't I like her besides? I, I, I think what she's a far right person. She's an intellect. Let me say that. I did not appreciate that she was an intellect till today. When I watched several hours of her uh, going through the committee process with the Senate, this is one smart woman, and I say that with respect. She has a great legal mind. Absolutely great. I can see why she was first in her class at Notre Dame Law. That is such a distinction, I can't tell you, being first in your class in law school and how she's had a distinguished career. However, she is far to the right. As intelligent as she is, she uses it to come up with decisions that favor the far right, the far conservative right. She is like Anton Scalia, the justice who died about six months ago, uh, who was really the first one on the Supreme Court to decide cases on the wording of the law, not to make up law. Now, this has always been a problem for me. When I was in law school, 
way back when, 1957 to 1960, uh, we were taught, why were we a great nation? Why was our legal system terrific? Because the Constitution, which the founding fathers adopted in 1787, was a living, growing, breathing document. It had to meet today's, the tests of today, and that meant it had to be flexible. Well, now comes Antoine Scalia, and he says, oh, no, can't do it that way. you got to look at the words and decide the case based on the words exactly as they are in the Constitution. Well, everybody said, oh, this guy's a genius. And the conservative right said, we got him. we got to get more like him. And they have. They, can, they control the Supreme Court now. Anyhow, uh, you can't do it that way, the way he did it. And now the way the Republican right wants to do it and has wanted to do it for the last 25, 30 years, and they finally won, okay? Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's very simple. Didn't have any automobiles in 1787. Didn't have any airplanes. Uh, didn't have uh, birth control in 1787, Uh, didn't have computers, didn't have the Internet, didn't have airplanes. Do you see what I'm saying? How can you use the letter of of the Constitution, be precise, accurate, stand by the exact wording? There has to be a flexibility, as there was for over 100 years, because you have to blend the facts and the statute together to come out with a result that follows the Constitution, but isn't that precise? Because preciseness is imp- You can't do it for the reasons I've given you. And that's where she's going to be. Uh, I, I will tell you now that Obamacare is gone. Roe versus Wade is gone. I'm laughing. I shouldn't laugh. This is, this is terrible. Uh, women are going to have abortions. Uh, two, they're going to get rid of the abortions. Women are going to roll versus Wade. They're going to have abortions now in the back rooms of dirty buildings where, where, where they, like they used to do in the old days, they used to take a coat hanger, open it up, and boom, do it. Uh, that's where we're going. All the things society, the American society has fought for for the last 70 years are going to go out the window. Why? Because she gives them the secure vote. All right. Now, she didn't say much today, but she's intelligent. I, I even admired her intelligence, how she was able to dance around the questions and give a nothing response that sounded so brilliant. I tell you something, she didn't say anything. Terrific woman, great intellect, doesn't belong on the Supreme Court. I'm sick of all these uh, far-right conservatives going on. There was a time when we put people on the Supreme Court because they just were good thinkers practical people. Not everyone had to be a judge. This is another Republican conservative right thing that started 30 years ago. We should put judges on the Supreme Court. Why? Because they've written decisions, and we will know by reading their decisions where they stand. So we won't make a mistake. And it worked for them. It took 30 years, but it worked. They control the court. Uh, It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. It will take us 30 to 40 years to get out of this jam, to get the court balanced again. I don't care. I don't want a liberal court. I would like to have it. Who wouldn't? We all want everything. But I never did. I was a lawyer. Give me a court that's blind. Give me a court, Supreme Court, 
that will be evenly balanced, uh, as close as you can be with nine people, uh, 5-4 that goes this way and that way. One week it's re- it thinks liberal, another week conservative. That's what you need. That's what we had. You can't have decisions that affect our everyday lives decided by the Republican right or the liberal left alone. That's just not right. And there's another thing we need, and I've been pushing this, but I'm a voice in the wilderness on this. There was a time you didn't have to be a judge to be on the Supreme Court. Uh, it isn't a requirement even today, but you won't be on somebody's list and put up for nominated for the job unless you are. There were great judges. Earl Warren, Earl Warren, Republican, governor of California, okay, Gave you Brown uh, versus whatever it was, the school board case. Brown versus school board, whatever it was. And he was a Republican. He so irritated Eisenhower, who nominated him for the job to be chief justice, that to his dying breath, Eisenhower used to say, no exaggeration, the worst mistake I made in my life, appointing him to the court. But... He was expected to be a Republican in his thinking, but he wasn't. He was liberal. And then there was uh, Tom Clark. Tom Clark was an attorney general under, one, I think, Roosevelt or Truman, one of the Democratic presidents. He went on the court. When he went on the court, he wasn't a liberal or a conservative. He called them as he saw them. What we're missing on that court are practical, everyday people who understand the problems of society. They understand food on the table, medical bills paid, educations, and so forth. Uh, And they take that into consideration in making their judgments, because it has to be. This is how these cases, these decisions impact our people. And you're not going to get that. You got. Let's go back. Let's. We're going to have to appoint some liberals for a while. Oh, I hope Biden wins. But it's going to. If Biden, if another judge doesn't die or retire, and Biden wins, in four years we won't have changed anything on the court. And it's a shame we've got to do what the Republicans did. I wish we could go back to where we were evenly balanced, and we never knew. Most decisions were a surprise. And in each case, you said, if it's going to be 5-4, who's going to switch to be the deciding vote? Do you hear what I just said? Very, very interesting. We don't have it. The other reason I don't like Amy Coney Barrett, she's a brilliant woman, uh, her religion. She's not a Catholic. She belongs to the, uh, what is it called, the... People of Pride movement, it's a para-Christian organization, not described as a church. It's like a cult. Uh, There are only 1,700 in this world. It just started in the late 1970s, and she and her husband are two of the 1,700. And her thinking has been cultivated by this group. This group is really the Bible, way back when. Women must be subservient to men in all regards. That's right, ladies. Uh, you haven't come a long way. Virginia Slim's going to be snuffed out. Women must be subservient to their husbands, listen to their husbands in all regards. Uh, they also have, no matter who you are, you, you have what they call a head, quote, H-E-A-D, head, who is like someone you talk to two or three times a week, 
And you don't discuss religion. You discuss, oh, i got a problem with my husband, or this is wrong, or that's wrong. She's going to end up discussing her problems on the court. It's going to happen. I don't like that, because we're not supposed to have outside interference. Remember John Kennedy when he ran for president in 1960? Everyone was saying, oh, even the Democrats were saying this, oh, the Pope's going to tell him what to do. He's going to look to the Pope for guidance. He's going to talk to the Pope. We don't want the Pope in the White House. Kennedy went down to West Virginia and hit it head on the issue in a major talk. And what he basically said was this. He said, this, this is a crock. I'm going to do what the Pope tells me. I've never even talked to the Pope, <laughs> and I may never get to talk to the Pope, but it doesn't matter. Here's the rule, he said. Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and unto God that which is God's. Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. Makes sense. And this is what this woman should do. I don't know. We live in a screwed-up society. Uh, my time is running, but... I voted today. I'm under quarantine, self-quarantine. I stopped counting at 200. It's got to be 230, 240 right now, days. But I had to go to the doctor. When I have to go to the doctor, like I go to the doctor a lot. I, I drive down Duval, because I'm downtown anyhow, to see people, to see masks and all this. And this is the third or fourth time I've done this in the last two weeks, and i got to tell you, uh, there are very few people on the street. Most are not wearing masks, but it's not required anymore. But when it was required, they wore just as many masks, less than 10% of them, okay? Uh, I went to vote. I had gotten my ballot already. I was going to mail it in. But I had to go out and go through the post office because I had to have $1.20 in stamps on it. I don't have stamps. I don't. Who mails anybody a letter today or pay your bills? You do it all over the Internet. And I said, I don't want to stand in the line in the post office. That doesn't sound healthy to me. Uh, so what I did was I took it to the Board of Elections downtown. Uh, and it was interesting. Now, I vote in person all the time at the Election Bureau downtown. Always packed on voting day. Well, I figured this wouldn't be hard. I'd walk in, break through the line, hand in my ballot, and walk out because it was a mail-in. There was nobody there. There wasn't one person voting. I've got to assume they, a lot have already come in, and maybe it was too early in the day. I don't know. But I was shocked not to see people. Also, I was concerned uh, because your signature in Florida has to match the signature you have on file with them, the signature you wrote when you first registered in this state in whatever party. Well, I registered down here about 15 years ago. I became a full-time resident, and they have my signature since then. But I'm 85 years old now. I mean, just like my legs wobble and I have to use a cane, my hands wobble a little bit. I don't write the same. <laughs> I know when I write Patron, I give you a big P and then a straight line for the rest of my name. So I said, man, please see it. I, I, you know, my hands, my legs, I'm 85. And the woman took my ballot, because your name's on the outside of the envelope, and she looked on the computer as to what my signature was, and she says, you're the same. <laughs> I loved it. My signature's the same. So my fear of my vote not being counted went away. Now, while I was out, too, 
I parked my car near the Green Parrot because the Green Parrot's kitty corner from the election bureau. Green Parrot's open, though nobody was there at 11 in the morning. Uh, there was a time they were open at 11 in the morning. But several years ago, Green Parrot bought or already owned the building next to it, which is attached. It was a big, finished building. And they turned it into a restaurant. You know, hamburgers, hot dogs, sandwiches of some kind. And people go there for lunch when they were drinking uh, in the Green Parrot. They got hungry. They went right out, out one door and back into another door and sat down and had something to eat. The Green Parrot restaurant, the Green Parrot restaurant was closed with a big for sale sign on it. The, the windows blocked. And this is the way it is in downtown Key West. Men, every week, I've been down there three or four times now, another one or two stores are closed, especially on Duval. Uh, everyone will come back, will come back, but it isn't going to be the same. Nobel Peace Award. Trump, Trump did not win. He, he didn't get the Nobel Peace Prize. They announced Friday who it was. It was some United Nations entity that has to do with feeding people all over the world. However, he is not daunted because that was Friday. Yesterday, someone by the name of Laura Hatas Harari, she's a Finnish politician, submitted his name again for the Peace Prize. Okay, because he's been helpful in ending endless wars. And she felt bad that he had been snubbed by the Nobel Committee in not getting the award this year. So Donald can still hold his chest out with bravado. That is the show for tonight. I thank you for joining me. I love being with you on Tuesday nights. Read my blog, keywestlu.com. Every morning I do it. I publish it around noon. If you like the show, you'll like my blog. If you don't like the show, don't read my blog. Anyhow, that's it. Thank you again. Look forward to being with you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.